a world filled with fast-paced living and constant demands on the aging body, it's easy to forget some of the simplest yet most essential elements of our well-being, hydration and nutrients. As you know, when I'm not in the studio recording a podcast or in the gym or out in the scrub hunting, putting rounds downrange, I'm somewhere in the world on a security gig, putting in the hard yards, ending up on TikTok. So legends that get some, keep me advancing forward, Jocko Fuel Supplements. More specifically, I've been smashing the Jocko Hydrate Sachets, which helps me replenish my electrolytes and other critical vitamins while boosting energy and supporting recovery. Also, just like my kids, my appetite for veggies goes as far as hot chips from the kernel. However, every morning I'll mix a scoop of Jocko Greens, Jocko Creatine into water, which helps me supplement my lack of and delivers all the nutrients for better gut health, immune support, cognitive function, and physical performance. And not to mention, tastes bloody good. So head over to www.getsome.com.au and use the code Zero Limits all in caps for a discount. I'll leave you with this for the day. Hard work, clean fuel, stronger, faster, smarter, better. Let's go. It's time for the Zero Limits Podcast, hosted by Australian veterans. Chatting with high-charging humans with hectic stories from around the world. We'll give you the motivation to take on whatever life throws at you and the kick to complete any goal you set your mind to. Let's go. All right, Zero Limits listeners, on today's Zero Limits podcast, I've got an interesting one. Now, this guy was on Maddie uh, Beating Cancer Williams uh, podcast, and he hails from the Third Battalion, which is fucking awesome. Old faithful. Now, He's currently in the Ukraine. Now, you might have seen his video, this viral video that went absolutely wild here in Australia, and Willie's put it up. Basically, he is, uh, from what I can see, he's charging into battle to storm some trenches, and famously, the words come out, and you can just tell this an Aussie guy, let's kill these cunts, and then just fucking storm it up and put some rounds into a fucking... Uh, into a trench, but uh, his name is Dave. Obviously, his name, his real name is uh, suppressed for for obvious reasons. Dave, mate, welcome to the show. How you doing? G'day, g'day. I'm great, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Sorry, I was rambling on there because that's uh, no, good, mate. It's it's just a a wild thing, you know. You know, you're going from three RAR, which we'll touch on soon. Basically, thought fuck it, YOLO. Ukraine, here I come. Yeah, it boils down to that, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a in, 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 yeah. yeah, it sounds like a third th- battalion thing <laughs> like, to do. Yeah, well, yeah, we're uh, we're unhinged over in uh, the old uh, bastard regiment, so uh, yeah, it's just sort of yeah, it felt normal to do. Yeah, <laughs> a normal progression. You know, some, some people would say it's not normal, mate. Normal, for, <laughs> norm, <laughs> normal for me back in the third battalion was ending up at a strip club or a whorehouse. 
<laughs> I was either one of the other war or uh, strippers. You know, it's, oh, it was a hard, it was a hard choice, mate. It was a hard choice. Absolute classic, mate. As I said, yeah, mate, you're over in the, you know, in the Ukraine at the moment, and you've been over there for quite some time. Which we'll, again, we'll, we'll touch on another track. But mate, before we do, let's get back to the younger days growing up. Now, obviously, we'll suppress a few things, um, locations, etc. But mate, run us through your younger days growing up. And you know, when I say younger days, you're only uh, a young fella, so. Mate, run us through. Yeah, so I'm I'm only uh, 27 uh, right now. I uh, turned 27 in a trench, so that was a that was a fun birthday. Um, <clears throat> getting um, shelled and shot at. That was a couldn't couldn't ask for anything more of a birthday surprise <laughs> than that, I guess. Um, yeah, so uh, I grew up in Queensland, um, a town called. Uh, I was born in a town called Gympie, uh, unfortunately. Um, I spent uh, most of my like childhood time on the Sunshine Coast, like Noosa, um, Coolum, um, all that stuff. And uh, eventually, uh, after going around from like house to house, it was just uh, me and my mum, uh, my brother. Um, my parents had separated, uh, and you know, jumping from house to house because you know rent would go up and we'd have to move and whatnot. Um, eventually, found myself uh, going back to Gympie. Uh, where I would, you know, go on, live there, and then graduate high school. Um, from there, graduated 2014. Sort of had a, was it sort of from like, you know, into 20, into my last years of high school, I started like my youth session for the army because uh, pretty much from like grade five onwards, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I've got to join the army. Um, just I pretty much knew I wanted to do that from you know, that young age, I was originally going to do it with a good mate of mine in primary school. Like we had agreed on it in primary school, but he like, you know, branched off and did his own thing. So it was just me. Uh, did all my youth session and stuff in high school. Um, and after a few like delayed enlistments, cause I got like really, really sick. I eventually enlisted October 12th, 2015, <clears throat> Did Kapuka, Camp Krusty, did that, that all fine first session, got on to the School of Infantry. Um, I didn't go through the first three months because I was there for, I think, a total of six months at Singo because I got back squatted for my original platoon for failing like, uh, like LF9, the machine gun mm. fucking range shoot. And then um, I got like these, I ended up developing stress fractures in my thighs somehow, which put me into like the soldier support company. I was there for only two months, went went back into session, completed that. Then I bloody arrived to the 3rd Battalion, Royal Australian Regiment in August of yeah. 2016. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Now, what I want to do, mate, let's, let's, I just want to break down each of these processes. So, let, let's just quickly go back to high school, mate. Where did you get the inspiration to join mm-hmm. the Defence Force? And like, have you got any family history within within Defence? Um, so the sort of decision, or uh, the I guess the thought process began um, at, at quite a young age, way before high school. Um, in back in primary school, probably when I was, you know. Yeah, probably mid-primary school. I, I used to I played a lot of video games and, and shit with my brother and my mates, and that got me interested 
in the military and that stuff. And as I got older, um, you know, re- like researching well, actually the military is what the roles are. <clears throat> it felt like a fit and there was nothing else I particularly wanted to do. So I always had in the back of my mind that when I leave high school, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, I want to in the army as a rifleman. Um, that was pretty set for me even early on. And I just maintained that mindset and that, that goal to do it all throughout my schooling. And then when I became like a few years after becoming of age, and I think you can what, start the enlistment process at like 16 and a half, I yep, think it was. Yep. yep. Um, I said to myself, I wanted to, I wanted to finish high school first and then do it. So I started the process in my last year of grade 12. Um, and then, uh, and then from there, I just, you know, followed, uh, they jumped through the hoops to do it. So the decision itself to join the army was, was, you know, made years and years prior. Anyway, I just, I just maintained, uh, the desire to go. What about, uh, obviously the call? It was rifleman always. You always set on that. Or is that all you pretty much knew as well? Um, I was uh, I was ninety percent uh, wanting to go uh, grunt. I had, and I think, like in the three preferences that I had. Uh, I think for my assessment day, I had infantry, uh, combat engineer, and cavalry, yeah, yeah. like all like the yeah, combat nice. corps and whatnot. Um, and I eventually settled with uh, infantry, which I'm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm glad I did. Far out. I'm glad you didn't list MP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. there's a was is a, a funny thing for that. So when I went to my soldier support company for my rehab rehabilitation, the bloody um the fucking platoon commander there was like, "Hey, mate. So with your injuries, uh, we've uh, come to the decision that you're not fit oh, for man. a combat corps." I'm like, "Oh." Fuck! All right, it's like, how do you feel about that? I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty, you know, pretty upset about that, sir. It's like, you know, you could look to go on like maybe um MPs or something, and I, I'm like, here, yeah, I'm thinking, my life's over. I'm fucking, what the fuck have what what have I done in life to deserve this? And by a fucking stroke of luck, that uh that particular platoon commander, um switched out of the company we got a new one and they mustn't have done the hotel either they didn't do the hotel with the paperwork properly or the new commanders was like fuck that shit and it just it's like that conversation never happened and i just continued with my rehab and then finished my training so fuck whatever this conclusion that dude came up with like <laughs> fuck that, fuck that was- right off no fucking way <laughs> far out now, mate, uh, back to back back to Kapuka. Oh. How did you find Kapuka? Did you have any like discipline within your life? And just quickly back to schooling. Uh, also, how did you go at school? Were you, you know, a uh, school? Yep. I was I was pretty average. Nah, I was a pretty uh, average student. Like my grades were average. I enjoyed school. I wasn't really like fucking like an, an A student. I was a C, maybe sometimes sometimes B, um, but I wasn't really. I wasn't really like a top shooter or anything. I tried, um, and I, I did. I did genuinely enjoy school going. I didn't hate it or anything, but I, I guess academically, I'm not fucking too mm. well inclined um, in that sense. Um, Kapuka, uh, how do we go, Kapuka? Kapuka, Kapuka was like fine. I, th- I think I had this vague memory in the two weeks. In that first two weeks, I was like, oh, shit, fuck, what have I done? I've made the wrong choice. But mm. I think that's pretty normal for most dudes, uh, people that go through. Um, in my life, it was just me. 
I, it was me and my, my, my brother mainly. Um, parents were separated, but I would see my dad regularly as well. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't really disciplined too much, really at all by her. So I was, I was, uh, I guess a free spirit. I did a, I did a lot of my own thing. Like a lot of the time, I would cause mischief and shit, but not really like at home. But you know, going out with my mates and shit like that when I was a young kid. Um, but I wasn't. Um, I don't really think I was like a shithead of a kid. At least um, I was good in that in that regard. Um, me and my brother, uh, well, we fight and stuff, but we, for the most part, we got along really well, and now we're really close anyway. Um, but okay, yeah, as as a yeah, growing up, well, it wasn't really too much. You know, it wasn't really like any forced discipline and stuff. Um, but like me and my brother, I think have turned out really, really well, especially my brother um, too. Um, with Kapuka, Kapuka was, uh, you know, a, a culture shock for most people. Like, or my, for like, you know, it is for most people as well. Um, after I got over that initial, um, like, holy shit, this is different. Um, like, I, like Kapuka, I think I was like school. I think I was average. Um, I enjoyed Kapuka. I enjoyed doing like the the soldiering and stuff because I, I wanted to do it for you know that like that many years prior so it was good to actually finally you know start the journey to you know become a grunt um as well um so kapuka kapuka was i think a good experience i didn't hate it um i enjoyed doing it it was challenging um it was it was nice to work have you know a, a direct path in front of me with you know set goals and standards to to meet and then progress through and that, uh, that was really good at the time i was i was nine, 19 in 19 at the time i think i turned 19 a month uh, less than a month before going to kapuka yeah. yeah right and then mate obviously you move on to uh singleton how did you find singo again it's you know that transition from the basics of military into uh, specific uh, infantry training So uh, <clears throat> that was that uh, felt like a really good progression once I started getting into like you know the the basic you know the I guess more um, specific uh, parts about being a grunt not just the uh, not just the all core side of it you know actually being taught how to be a rifleman how to be an infantry soldier um, that was uh, far more enjoyable you obviously get uh, more freedoms as well you get to go uh, go out on weekends. Um, you get your phone after the working day, like for us at least. Um, and that, like that whole course was awesome, but the bane of my existence, which you know, continued all throughout career, was just stomping and pack marching. I'd, my body is just not built for it. And every Friday, I would just dread the dread the morning pack march. It was like the one thing I had to get through to secure my weekend. And my God, I fucking hated it every single time without fail. It was just horrendous. That was that was like it, whenever. If someone asked me what's the worst part about like singo, it would it would be every Friday and doing the stomps. I just don't don't know what it is in my body, but no matter how many many times I would pack march, it would just it would just suck shit every single time. But the rest of the course was great. Being able to do, you know, being uh, out in the field, uh, doing patrolling, section attacks, uh, ambushes, uh, the urban training as well. That that was all like fantastic. I loved doing it. I loved like training it. Uh, you know, with, with the, the boys that you become mates with. Mate, 
in regards to uh, seeing, as you spoke about just before, you you know you failed one aspect of it, which was the uh, the minimise shoot. Now, what so what happens there? You fail that shoot. Do they give you multiple opportunities, and then you're back squatted, or was it just fucking get back straight away? Yeah, I, they gave me like I think like four or five attempts or something. Like they really really tried to get me through it, but I just could not land those rounds onto those targets like enough to you know bump the score up and shit so um i remember i remember vividly at the range me doing it over and over again and they're like yeah. and and on my last attempt i still hadn't did it i'm just like oh, like fuck like that's it i'm getting fucking is i'm getting back squatted this coming i know it's coming and uh at the at the same time of that as well i had gone to the rapper for uh my legs because I, I don't know what it was um I, I i guess just all the stomping and shit uh it, i started getting this pain and like midway down my my thighs I'm like what the fuck is that and whenever i'd sit down on the chair and like press press it downwards on the part of my leg overhanging the chair it, it'd be really painful i was like fuck i want to get this checked out I went to the rapper did their scans and shit and yeah so yeah i've got stress fractures oh. in my <clears throat> in my thigh bones i'm like what the f-? I'm like what the f-? well sorry no, stress points it was like the stage before stress fractures i'm like what the fuck like in my thighs like shouldn't that be like that's like you know one of the strongest bones in the body and it, that that shit's starting to play silly buggers i'm like fuck righto and um i got moved straight from my platoon to soldier support company um anyway and that's where I started the rehab process. Uh, I was only there for two months, thankfully. And in comparison, like dudes had been there for like a year in that soldier support company in Singo. And it's just like you just start to think a question, are you like really injured? <laughs> are you or are you just milking the paycheck? Like Lingers. what? Like there's some questionable characters there. But yes, lingers. But there were like, I'll be fair, there were dudes who were genuinely trying to get better, but like for whatever reason, they wouldn't get cleared, or their their injury was just that much of a pain in the ass. And some of those dudes would go to um that like extended rehabilitation in uh in Holsworthy, I think it is as well. Um, eventually, but luckily I uh oh thank Christ! Like once I saw there were dudes there for like up to and over a year, I was like, I've got to get out of here. <laughs> I've got to fucking get out of here, man. And when I um. When I eventually got cleared, my injury, like I still felt the pain, but um, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to give it a go anyway. And when I went into my next session, the pain just, just eventually dissipated and it, and it went anyway. So um, I'm fucking, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I made that decision um, as well. I made, I made a really, really good mate in um, soldier support company as well. I still talk to um, also um, and we, we sort of we, we marched out of soldier support coming together and went into the same platoon and the same section as well. And it was like that that helped a lot. Um, I guess just fucking uh, at least I didn't have to go into a completely new platoon, not knowing anyone. I had my mate there, um, and we then we just yeah gelled with the rest of the platoon, and then I began our training. How did, um, how did you such. go the the minimum shoot again? Did you uh, obviously you obviously passed. Oh, I think. Oh God, I don't even. I didn't even remember my second, my um, second time like, uh, in the next session. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think I just passed it. I'm pretty sure. 
like by the by, by the skin of my teeth, I think. And once I did that, I was like, "Yep, I'm happy. Whatever. Fucking, I've passed. I've passed the, I've passed the last fucking hurdle that got me last time. So it was it's all looking yeah. up from here. Did you, did you ever figure out what what it was? Because obviously, you know, down the track when you start playing with the guns a bit more. It's always that one little hand, you know, you've mm. got to move your hand or your finger or your feet or something and it'll just, it'll be on. Then you're just like, fuck, was that it? <sighs> just, I don't, a, just not a machine gun. I don't know. I think it might have just been my, yeah, just, yeah, just not, honestly, probably just not a machine gun. I think like um, it must have been just exp- mm. more exposure to the gun and I guess firing it really, it, like the bits I did, I guess, in between failing it and then doing the um doing that you know shoot again i guess it just whatever training i did between those two points i guess just helps me but i never i don't remember consciously thinking about what it was that like uh, i did differently that helped me pass it yeah right yeah right so mate come you know the last two three weeks of the obviously i mean obviously the preferences come out for battalions What's it, what's available and what made you choose three or did you get stabbed for it? So we we never got the choice to choose, unfortunately. I don't know why it was with this particular platoon. Like my the platoon I um was originally with, they all got to choose, um, because they were they'll still at Singo like have, uh, two months ahead of me or whatever. Um and uh was it so they he set us their sergeant set ourselves on our program, um and it's like, all right you're all going to Townsville. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and at the time, like, I, I wanted yeah. to go to 1RAR. I was like, because my mate was already there. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll go to 1RAR, be with my mate. And um, my mate that I marched into the new platoon with, he was going to 2RAR. And uh, I was going to, uh, I got told I was going to 3RAR. I'm like, okay, okay, sweet. Like, it's in Townsville, whatever. Um, it turns out we could have swapped between each other um but i didn't know that at the time anyway and i'm I'm glad i'm glad i didn't know um but uh my mates from my first platoon a lot of them have gone to two rr and then uh i think then they at one point they got switched over to three rr as well so uh yeah we didn't really get to choose we just really got told we're all going to townsville um and it was a like you know, blessing anyway because I, I fucking love, I fucking love three R R man. I fucking love that unit. Oh my god, fucking damn, it's the best goddamn unit in the R R. Hundred fucking percent, mate. I'm faithful. That's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, mate. Obviously, yeah. Again, you get on the plane, head to Townsville, mate. First encounters into town. I guess you're from Gympie as well, so it's not too, it's not too, not too different, I suppose. Small town, heats up there. So you get to Townsville, mate. Posted yeah. to what company? Uh, I marched into Six Platoon Bravo Company um, yep. when I got so there. Head into Bravo, man. How was your first, you know, couple of weeks in the battalion? I don't, I don't like. I don't know how it is those days. What's two thousand fifteen, sixteen? But you know, back in the older days, it was you know, it was it was a fucking it was it was a daunting place. I imagine it was rough, 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 rough place to be a lead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my first few weeks um, there, I think within my second week, I went on my first exercise uh, 
exercise there. But I mean, uh, in barracks, yeah, you know, I put up with the the usual fucking. You know, I'm the new guy. I'm the fucking. I'm the fucking lid. So I, I, you know, I got given shit all the time and whatnot. I came with like um, yeah, a few of us came to three as well. So I wasn't alone. Thankfully, we got we got put into the uh, a few of us got put into the same platoon and then the rest um. Uh, the rest of them got put into like the different platoons in the company. Um, oh, and other company. Actually, no, we spread out throughout the battalion because it was quite a big group of us. Actually, I think yeah. But um, I at least had some dudes with me in my platoon that just rocked up as well. So I mean, sort of banded together in the corner, fighting off the hordes of the the senior digs, fucking coming at me. Jesus Christ, get trying to get thrown in bins and the cages and shit. Oh my god. But I, it, it was good. I I think I um made. I think I made like mates relatively quickly. Like I, I try my best not to be a fucking um, retard. Although lids be lids, man. Like we fucking like, leave kit behind. Uh, like I don't know, just fucking dumb. Like, yeah, you know, just just basic stuff. Just week yeah. one, day one yeah. shit. You know, and, no, yeah, just didn't learn yet. Mate, the rank structure, obviously, Afghan and Iraq's pretty. It's wound up. Afghan's done. Iraq, there was one or two. Rotations, but it was mm. just shitty rotations to Taji. Most of your rank structure all Afghan or Iraq vets, mate. So how were they? You know, how was the training? In, in you know, once you got to the battalion, you know, from Singer, it's the same thing for Singer, Singer and Kapuga as well. I'm sure all your rank structure were fucking like seasoned mm. fucking veterans. Yeah, yeah, they were. I remember um, vivid story. I remember stories from um in Kapuga, like some of our um our secos there. Like one was a fucking uh, combat engineer. One was um. An ex grant, he like changed, uh, changed cause. One was a signaler as well. Even like, you know, the signaler, even the bloody signaler had bloody uh, combat stories and shit. It was like, God damn, man. Like, and now my sergeant as well, he was a grunt. Um, uh, sergeant, uh, sergeant Long, he, uh, he was a fucking mad dog. He was fucking awesome. He, he actually ended up posting the one RAR and I saw him again on my sub too. Um, he's like, all right, do I know you? I'm like, yeah, you fucking, yeah, you fucking do. And I had a good chat with him. Um, but, um, yeah, with, uh, when I got to Bravo company as well, those guys there, um, you know, platoon sergeants and shit, they were all, um, experienced as well. Same with like the, you know, the CSMs and, and whatnot too. So, um, those guys like, you know, they, they definitely, when, when they talked and when they taught us, it, it always definitely felt like they knew what they were talking about. Like they, they knew, they knew what was, what to do and what not to do. So there was always that, um, you know, level of reassurance that okay these guys have been through it you can you know you can you can trust what they're saying um because they've they've got the experience to back it up yeah right yeah right mate how, like how does it feel joining the army when you know there's nothing going on you know I, I, it's it's unusual for me because i i joined at a time where fucking it was world war everywhere you know what i mean so how was your general <laughs> attitude i suppose as well within the battalions because um, like, obviously you just as you said you got straight onto an exercise and that was pretty much it for the, you know most of your career well so the uh three are actually deployed in 2017 and 2018 they went to taji 5 fp8 and fp9 alpha company was taji 5 bravo company was 8 and charlie was 9 um i was in so uh, when that started coming around, we they started doing like the workups for it, and I got put into I got put into the PMV section um, for it at the time, and I was uh, twenty. I was, I was twenty. No, yeah, twenty at that point. I think fuck. Um, and uh, 
I hadn't, I hadn't, un, I hadn't even had my license yet. I didn't get it before. I, uh, I got my learners, but I never got like my my P's before um, enlisting. Um, and when I was uh, in that section of shit, uh, they actually pulled me out of the section. They said it was because I didn't have my license, but you don't need a civilian license to drive like, you know, those military vehicles and shit, which, which, which felt pretty shit that I got taken out. I, I didn't think I was a shit cunt or anything. I generally, like, I wasn't, you know, fucking, I wasn't, you know, Ben Robert Smith, you know, or anything, but I didn't think I was fucking uh, a piece of shit. So it was, it was pretty like, Oh, what the fuck? Like I'm getting taken off. Cause I don't, I don't have my driver's license. Even at the time I knew yeah. that was, you know, yeah. that was bullshit. I knew, like you could still drive PMVs. Um, but instead of being put into another section or another platoon, they put me straight into the uh, rear deets like platoon um, as well. So I ended up doing enemy party and assisting with the dudes deploying. Um, and I, I guess what made me feel a bit better is a lot of dudes from Bravo Company, um, <laughs> a lot of dudes it's from Bravo Company, um, like really, really I think so, yeah. Uh, it's oh, probably just at the range. <laughs> um, um, a lot of dudes from Barber Company got put into um, that Reed Deets platoon. And they, they, but those dudes were really, really good dudes. They were excellent soldiers. Um, there was no reason they shouldn't be on it. And it made me feel a bit better because I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's just luck of the draw. And it ended up really sort of being luck of the draw. Like they wanted a mix of new dudes. There were dudes who rocked up in the battalion after me who got on the deployment and dudes who were like senior senior digs who didn't go on it as well. And I think I think I heard somebody with rank say, Oh, we need we need fucking, you know, senior digs or some shit back while the whole battalion's away. It's just like, all right, whatever. Um and like I, I had a good time. Uh, I had a good time fucking being back in the rear deets, um, but they actually kept us quite proactive. We did like HE ranges, live fire ranges. That's where I went to um, RCB for the first time. Um, it was in 20, 2017. They're like, hey, um, we want like, you know, uh, I think like 17 volunteers to attach on the 2R hour, for, like an RCB rotation. And me and a bunch of mates were like, oh, fuck it. We're not doing anything else here. We might as well um, go do, you know, something. Uh, while the battalion's away, go to um, Malaysia and turn it on. Yeah, then we went on to yeah RCB. Yeah, oh, mate, that 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 Malaysia was actually like fun as fuck. Like working with Tour IR was fucking awesome. And my mate who I went through Singer with, who went to Tour IR, um, we ended up in the same fire team as well. So that was an even even better outcome. So I had a fucking blast. We did fucking a lot of we did training with the Malaysians, the Thais, the Singapores, like Singaporeans or fucking whatever. Um, the jungle was shit. Mm. It was absolutely horrendous. We only spent five days there, um, as opposed to I think it's usually the two weeks um, that most platoons go through. And I, oh mate, I was I was I was hanging out by my fifth day. I was like, oh fucking lord, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> help me! And uh, Thailand was like Thailand was fucking um like pretty chill. We're just doing uh, uh exercise with the the tires as well. I remember one attack. <laughs> One attack we did, we could hear them yelling "bang" because they didn't have any blank ammunition to uh to fire as well. 
Uh, and then Singapore was probably the funnest because it was just this massive urban urban facility and we just ran through that like over and over and over again. Like that was fucking awesome. So I have fond memories of that um that first rotation. I was like, so I'm, I'm glad I did it, even though it's just an RCV or not. It was still good to do something and get out of Townsville um, instead of just sitting there, you know, doing nothing while the unit's deployed. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. What, what year was this? That was 2017. Um, I yeah, went to so RCB, you ended yeah. up getting two rotations uh, to RCB. Is that right? Oh yeah. The uh, the second one was in. <clears throat> oh, when was it? It was 2018. No, 19. No, think it was 2021. Like it was when COVID was still fucking um, is it 2020, 2021? I think it was 21. Uh, I was when COVID was just being fucking uh, doing its thing. We were just trapped on base on Butterworth the whole time. We did like, we ran a sub one, a sub one for dudes who had just rocked up like, you know, that year or the year prior, um, which, you know, I don't really, really agree with. I just wanted to test and got told to pump people through sub one. So we pretty much did that like the whole time and we had sappers over there with us as well they gave us a bit of um a bit of training too that was really good um but i mean that that was uh that one was a big piss trip because there wasn't really much else we could do <laughs> i guess in terms of training oh, yeah mate so and that that was with um that was with alpha yep, company yep. because i when once 2018 hit um we got put back into rifle companies and I got put into two platoon alpha company and that's where I stayed all up until my last year, um, which I went to a platoon during my last year yep. in 2022. Oh, so, so by the time you go on this uh, second RCB, you're already, uh, you're a full track as well, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, the same 20, no, in 2018 we went mechanized and then 2019 is when I did, uh, was it 2019? I think it was 20. 2019, I did my courses. So I did someone. I did. Uh, I did um, enablers, which is like a bastardized drivers course. So you get technically get the drivers qual, and then you go onto crew commanders. I did crew commanders for the M113s, and then um, I did sub two in yeah, all in. I think it was 2019. Yeah, and then by. By the December 2019, I then got made up to full track. I think I got, I got fucking Lance Piss. I think in yep. May, yeah, May, and then by the yeah, by the end of that year, I was then promoted to full track. That's absolutely wild because you're only four years in and you're a full track. <laughs> Fuck the army must have been like numbers. Oh, yeah. they just needed the, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> struggling, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. wild. So, yeah, reality. it's just different times, mate. Like, I'm not used to it because it's completely different times. Far out. Yeah, and then by like by that stage, like, you know, like it's it, it's a it's a the, to compare like when I gone to Kapuka and then like all the full tracks, you know, they're all um uh like yeah. experienced Ma- married like, three vets, or four times, and then I'm a full track a few. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm a full track a few years later, and I've got fucking fuck all experience doing anything except exercises. It's like fuck, all right, shit. And then like 
as like the army as well as you know at that time also struggling for sergeants in the in the infantry too so they're trying to incentivize people to go through do their sub one yep. sub two for sarge and i fought that shit off like the plague like the amount of times i outright said no i'm not doing that i've just i just nah it was the, would have been the worst just seeing like a lot of my sergeants sit behind a computer like slave away on excel spreadsheets they have to do like fucking admin it's mate just my word yeah, yeah. there's, there's nothing else especially for a more. young fella you're only young yeah like um it's i i, I never wanted to I guess a sergeant without having actual any experience um, as well, and you know a lot of you know a lot of dudes. I think a few of my mates now are, are sergeants or doing their courses, and obviously you know we can't help when we're born or like the deployments we get. I just you know if I was going to ever be a sergeant, I'd I'd want it to be you know I want I'd want to be at a level that like you know I can talk about something and have dudes not like you know subconsciously question it because of a uh, got the experience yeah, to back yeah. it up and as you said you, f- you spend your final year in the third battalion in sig platoon mate w- w- what's your what's your thoughts here what's going on uh you know coming up to your discharge are you just fucking over it um so i was already not really looking for a, i guess i was sort of looking for a way out um a year or two or about a, a year before my discharge or a year before i posted up to sig platoon um because I, you know, I was getting told, hey, like your tenure, your three-year tenure is like coming up at the end of next year. You're going to post to like Singo, Kapuka, or they could have maybe done Ecto course um, and then become an instructor on their buckets down at Pakapunyal. And that's also something I would never want to do as well. And I pretty much told them, hey, if I'm, if I'm posting out the pucker, then I'm just going to discharge. Like it came to that sort of... Um, it came to that decision as well. And um, I had like I had done the basic recon course in 2018 and I, I failed that. I failed the fucking land nav because I, oh, I wasn't fast enough for the pack on um, getting to the checkpoints. Um, and I also did mortar fire controller course um, in, uh, I think, yeah, in 20, 2021. <laughs> Um, too. So that was really good. That was, I think my, my chain of command helping me, uh, incentivize me to, to stay, um, in the military as well, which did help. Um, I knew I wasn't going to ever go to mortar platoon with just being MFC quality. Like I, I didn't do basic mortars or obviously NCO for mortars or anything like that, but having the, actually getting the qualification and learning how to call in fires was, was really good. Um, I did like seed course in 20, in 2019 as well. when I was, you know, fucking uh on a 2020 and i was a full track fucking when i did that too and they're like hey do you want to go to signal tune i'm like nope i don't um but i eventually got there anyway um but yeah once 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 my ranks ranks started telling me hey um you know you're gonna at the end of your tenure here you're gonna post to a training establishment i'm like well can i like can i extend my time at three at all like is there any chance like oh yeah yeah like the system said you can let me know if you want to extend it. I'm like, okay, I would like to extend it. Um, but it, it, it never went through um, as well. Um, when I got into SIG platoon, I, that was when I was like, all right, now I'm like fi- finding something else, some like somewhere else to do. Um, 
Oh yeah, I was looking at um, I was looking at the Ukrainian military because I could see they were taking like some foreigners. Um, you know, I think do you know like Aiden Aslan, yep, uh, the yep. British bloke who, uh, was yeah. I, I was looking at because like, he, he was a foreigner here and he wasn't with the the YPG. I think it was, and then went over to the Ukrainian military. I'm like, I'm like oh yeah, that like. Yeah, that's that's doable, that, and you know they've they've got like you know more combat than uh, Australia is seeing right now. I was like looking at that. I was like, oh yeah, and I even looked at the French Foreign Legion at one point too, just you know just because it's something different. I get to still be military, and might have a better chance at um, you know seeing combat. And then on like February twenty fourth of last year, the war kicked off, and I'm like, oh fuck. And then they, they said they were taking volunteers. I'm like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And I, uh, I was, I was going to, um, I was going to, uh, actually go AWOL because I was, I was like, cause I had that, oh shit, like I'm going to miss out. But then I sort of came to my senses. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll stay. I'll do the year. I'll finish the year out. I'll sort out my life back home. Um, sort out my place, um, my dog and all my stuff. Um, and so I did it properly. Um, I'm, I'm grateful I did. I'm glad I didn't base my decision off like that emotion um, at the time. Um, and I, you know, I, I want to come back to Australia one day as well. I don't want to be arrested <laughs> as I come through the border. So that also, uh, that also helps. I flew out of Australia on New Year's Eve last year. Yeah, mate. Uh, so you flew, you, New Year's Eve, you fly out. Now, the, the Ukrainian war is in fucking full swing, like full fucking swing. Mm. Well, have you told anyone? You told your family or your friends or you just? <clears throat> I told my brother and I told uh, a few real good, uh, good close mates um, at the unit, um, but I hadn't told uh, my family yet um, of what I was doing. Um, not because, like, they'd uh, disown me or anything, but I just, yeah, I wanted to... I wanted to get there and actually be at a place that I'm confident I'll uh, do what I want to do in before telling them that I'm actually, like, before I'm doing it. I just wanted to, yeah, have assurance of myself I'm here doing it now and then, and then tell them, which is what I eventually did. It's, um, yeah, right. So just, just moving forward quickly, when you did tell your parents, I'm sure uh, they weren't too too excited. Um, oh, they they were worried. Like if if my mum could, um, my mum could have uh, had her way. She wouldn't have had me join the army just because she worries all the time. So like, like uh, they 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 were they were worried, um, concerned. But I mean, they, they're proud of me. Like um, they've told me, like you know, they're proud of they respect I'm doing what I want to do. Like they're proud of me for actually you know coming and seeking it out. Um, and my brother was like you know he's hella supportive as well. Um, hundred percent too. Same with all my mates. They're they're all they're all like champions, man. They helped me. Like they've helped me out a lot um, since I've came here too, and since before coming as well, helping me out with gear that I need um, and all that stuff. Yeah, right. All right, mate. Well, let's move on to I guess the Ukraine experience. Now, run us through this process. As you said, mate, New Year's Eve to, uh, 2022. You bought a plane, head to uh, Zurich, uh, Switzerland. Yes. So, um, uh, before I left Australia, um, I was actually I got the offer to join a Mozart group. Do you ever hear of those guys? 
Yep, yep, certainly have. Yeah, so they're like not a thing anymore. They collapsed. But um, so I got this offer to join um Mozart group and help train and like fight with the Ukrainians. Um, pretty much what the girls were there. So I was before going into Ukraine, I was to go to Bulgaria and uh, do some training with this uh, this company who are there. Like, it's pretty much, I guess they called it like pre-deployment training or some shit. It was meant to be like, um, you see, like you, they'll give me like an enemy picture or this like background of who I'm fighting and shit like that, um, et cetera. Um, so I flew into Switzerland, was there for about... 10 to 10 days, 10 to 14 days. My mate, I stayed with road trips me all the way through Italy, um, through like fucking Serbia, all the way through to Bulgaria. And, uh, I got there and as I got to Bulgaria, the bloke's like, Hey, so, uh, Mozart group isn't a thing anymore. (laughs) So, uh, we've, uh, that's not happening, but we've got a, f- a couple of dudes who were in Mozart and also a, a bunch of dudes who were going to join Mozart and we're, they're going to join uh, start a train, advise, and assist team. And the purpose of that was to um, attach to a Ukrainian unit, train them, and then deploy with them. Um, and then once they're at a good standard, then we just move on to another unit. So that's I, when I came into country, that was, that was my goal. Um, first up, so I took the bus from Bulgaria to Kiev, and I had um, I brought from Australia with me plate carrier, um, like all this military shit. Like I had like a, a knife and my multi tool as well. Uh, I didn't get stopped once through any airport except for uh, having a, a shaving gel in too big of a packet. No, don't mind the plate carrier or military equipment. Right. No, it's just a shaving gel, mate. Yeah, I just can't take that. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I didn't get um, I didn't get stopped. I didn't get questioned or anything, which is fucking amazing. I thought I was going to get stopped for sure. Um, and then uh, so I, I come into I leave Bulgaria, take the bus through Romania, um, and then I get to the Moldovan Ukrainian border. <laughs> And in in Romania, they got off the uh, stopped the bus at the at the border, um, took all my gear off. They like they checked everything. Um, it's fucking like the middle of winter. It's fucking freezing as well. So every minute off that bus just sucks. Um, they're questioning me where I'm going. I'm like I'm going to Ukraine. I'm going to fly. Blah blah blah. Why are you going? Um, all those questions. Packed up my gear. Went ahead. Um, got to the Moldovan checkpoint, got off the bus. They called me off the bus, exploded all my gear. And they're like, hey, so... Oh, at this point, I'd gotten a helmet, given a helmet and two plates from the bloke in Bulgaria. Um, so I did that small bit of training with. Um, and so I had that um, at least as well. Um, but the Moldovans wouldn't let me cross through because I, I just had like even one mil- bit of military equipment, they they didn't want me crossing through. So I'm like, I'm on a bus now with all these Ukrainians wanting to go home. I'm thinking, fuck, fuck what's going to happen? Um, they turned they turned the whole bus around, so they wouldn't 
they didn't just let me get off the bus and continue forward. They said the whole bus can't go through. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to fucking like get left behind or they're just going to drop me off somewhere. I'm just going to have to figure out my own way through to Ukraine. And uh, there was this lady on the bus, um, an NGO from Project Hope, and she spoke, you know, she speaks perfect English. And she was fucking um, you know, talking to me and you know, just chatting to me to figure out what I'm doing. And um, like once uh, on that first checkpoint in Romania, when I exploded on my gear and everyone like peaked, peeked their head out the window, I could see all my military shit. Like they knew what I was, what I was doing, what I was coming here to do. Um, so uh, a lot of them, the, the lady said that uh, a lot of them are fine. Like they don't, it's, it's okay that the bus is getting turned around. Uh, one or two people were pissed, but she said, don't worry about them. It was like, oh, okay, well, that made me feel a bit better. Um, and we ended up, um, she said that usually for the bus company, if like a passenger is causing an issue, they'll just drop them off and continue forward. But I think she convinced the bus drivers not to do that. <laughs> so we, um, we eventually caught, we had to catch two ferries. Um, one ferry we were waiting ages for and they had to figure out how to fit a fucking bus onto it. We eventually got to that. Then the next ferry was at the border, um, get to the, like the border from Romania to Ukraine. Um, and I got out there, they called me off the bus again. I went to a room, I exploded all my stuff. Um, and these dudes were really like supportive. They're like, Oh yeah, sweet. Fucking, um, what am I doing? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And hey, they, were, they were supportive. They were like, they were helping me through the checkpoint. Eventually got through, got on the bus. Um, again, crossed the ferry into Ukraine. Uh, we're waiting at the checkpoint for ages. I didn't have to get off a bus this time. And then, uh, then we've crossed the checkpoint and now I'm into Ukraine. Um, and the lady I'm with was like, oh, welcome to Ukraine. And, we started making our journey to Kiev. I got to Kiev at about like 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, the bus was meant to be a 32-hour bus ride, but ended up being like 40-something hours because of all the waiting we had to do and the detours and shit. So that was the longest bus ride I had to fucking ever do. But I was, uh, I was constantly, constantly in a state of heightened anxiety the whole time because I still had my Telstra SIM card as well. And every time I crossed through a border, it would the roaming would switch over. It would take like an hour or so to switch. And when we got stopped at the Moldovan border, I was like, "Fuck, my reception isn't working. I've got no no comms right now. Like, I'm just going to be on my own for like a few hours in the cold if I get dropped off." I was like, "Oh, fuck's sake! I'm going to fucking freeze." <laughs> yeah, right, mate. Uh, just hold on a second. That's that. Uh, your mic. It's just dropping in mm. and out. Uh, what is this? How's it sound now? Yeah, it's good now. It's good now. Mm. I don't think I'm covering any microphone. Mm. Uh, I put my hand, sorry. It drop out again? Uh, it's all right now. Yep. All right, cool. I might just have to watch yeah, where sorry. I put my fucking hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mate. So you arrive into the Ukraine 23rd of Feb, uh, 2023. So this is just almost a year to the day of the invasion, mate. What's the, yeah. what's the go? Um, so, uh, we make our way to Kiev. I get there. Um, I'm staying in a hotel for a, I, have, I think I have about a week before meeting up with that training team. 
uh, that I said I was going to uh, be with. Um, stayed into a, stayed in a hotel for a few days, and while I was there, I was just looking for apartments to um, rent because I, I have all this gear with me. I can't be taking a lot of it with me as well. So I find an apartment um, in Kiev, uh, start renting that out, um, and then we step off. I meet with the training team, and we pretty much immediately step off for uh, Nipro, um, which is where we're meant to have our first uh, sort of unit to train and we get to we get to Nipro, we get to some like recruit it's like some recruiting base or some shit i don't know really know what it is um and we're we're there for a few weeks and we're just on and off training these random ukrainian units that come in uh this whole time like we're, we're starting to we start to you know inquire about contracts and like you know where like so we can get paid and shit like that um and the bloke who was you know heading the team who came from mozart was like yeah fucking we've got this money that we can pay you with we just have to wait for it to get the release get the released like it was money from mozart blah 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 we never got paid um fucking i don't know i don't know why um that dude i think eventually lied to he lied to other people saying that we got paid, but we never did, which is pretty pretty dog shit. But I didn't come here for the pay anyway, so it was annoying. But you know, I just, it wasn't a fucking deal breaker at the time. I was just happy to be doing something um, at the time there. So we're in we're in Nipro, we're on this base training some dudes, not getting any contracts, and then some one of the Ukrainians like, hey, we have a uh, we have this other unit uh, further east that needs training as well um do you want to you know go down there We're like yeah fuck it all right we'll fucking we'll go down there uh we meet them and they're like okay we should have them for about two months before they they, they deploy i think they were a tdf unit um we got them for about a week before they actually deployed and by that time we still had not gotten any contracts like we've been getting told they're coming they're coming but they never did so after that we were like, fuck, righto. So we go back to Nipro. We have um, we have these apartments that these NGOs have uh, hooked us up with to, to stay for the time being. And a lot of us are in like uh, a bit of limbo. Like, well, they could fucking the, the group leader and one other were like, fuck it, we're going to go the first battalion of the International Legion. And all of us were like, well, fuck that. They're like, fuck going the first battalion. Like, the Legion's like a shit show. Um, and he's like, oh, no, we're going to be part of, like, the recon platoon. We're going to get all these weapons and shit. We're like, nah, fuck off. Like, I don't want to fucking deal with that shit. That we had an interview with the recon platoon commander at the time for that first battalion. And he he, he pretty much, he, he told us all this shit about what, we, what we'd be doing. And then later said, oh, I was just lying about a lot of it just to see how you would react. We're like, what the, what the fuck, bro? Like, you, you first interview with you and you're, you're just feeding us bullshit just to see how we'd react. Like, that's just not, nah, we just didn't fucking bother with that. So the group lead and one other went to first battalion and then the rest of us were just sort of like, fuck, what do we do? A few other dudes left. Um, and then there's only a small group of us and we got this, uh, one of the boys in our group was like, Hey, I know this dude in second battalion of the international Legion, James Ryan, um, and he is starting an assault company there. 
um, like, I know that's what you guys want to do. Do you want to, like, go join that? I'm like, fuck, well, I don't really have anything else right now. And, yeah, that's assault and shit. It's exactly what I want to do. So we pack up our shit. I go back to Kiev, <laughs> meet with two others, and then we road trip all the way down to, uh, like, in the all the way to west, western Ukraine, outside of Lviv, um, to the, you know, the base uh, there where 2nd Battalion is. I think I got there in um, April, and that's when um, that's where I met fucking Ryan O'Leary, um, who was the company commander for that place at the time. Um, and we just started um, our training there when we got there. Um, yeah, so that's like sort of one big chunk. I guess like sort of the first big half chunk of uh, my time in Ukraine so far. It sounds like an absolute fucking shit fight. And it's it's not the first time I've heard. <laughs> so I, had, I, I had another guy on and it was the same thing. It was just a... To even just to get into the country to, you know, help out was just a fucking shit fight. And then getting into country it was the same story where they kept saying, oh, your contract's coming, your contract's coming, it never comes. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it, A lot of shit is hit and miss in the country. Honestly, it just depends on who, literally who the fuck it is you're intera- interacting with, like at the border or at the fucking, like for paperwork. It's it's so much hit and miss. It's just, it's consistently inconsistent. It's, it's you just can't. And you can't rely on it. You just have to sort of fight. You just have to sort of get into get to a place where you know people are good and reliable, and, and just stick with it. Essentially, like going off randoms is like oh, it's 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 yeah, very hit and miss. Now, so that you know, that's the first majority part of the Ukraine uh, side of things. Now, what what happens from here? So you, this is you know, when do you start getting into you know? Frontline operations. Hmm. So when I arrived to 2nd Battalion, um, the bloke, uh, so we had Ryan, who was like the, like the company commander. Uh, I, I, he's either like the platoon sergeant or company commander. I think like our technical company commander was Ukrainian um, for the Ukrainian side, but then you had Ryan underneath him. Um, and then we had like fucking, I guess you could, I guess you could call Ryan like the fucking uh, CSM equivalent at the time. Um, uh, and then we had uh, like a platoon sergeant and shit, a British bloke. <sighs> I got there and he told me, um, he told me, hey, you know, we're prepping for deployment, most likely like Bakhmut in two weeks. I'm like, fuck, okay, like this is the real deal. Like, holy shit, like, let's go. Um, and then I fucking sort of get put into like a, a team, a team there. It's like a, it's a lot of us in that company. We had Charlie called Chosen Company and then we had, which is all the foreigners. And then the, we had our Alpha Company, which was um, made up entirely of Belarusians as well. Um, and then, yeah, once we got to 2nd Battalion, uh, it, uh, we were treated... Um, a lot like, uh, I guess, the professional military was treated. And I don't mean that in a positive way. Um, we're, like, we're a volunteer army, like the International Legion, um, all, like, you know, all volunteers. So people come here willingly um, and stay willingly as well. Like we're not – we sign a contract, but we're not bound 
legally by yeah. interstate. Yeah. You can cancel at any time. Right, and this this bloke, um, this British bloke, I won't say his name, but he was just an absolute fucking flog. Like he was, he wanted us to be a, a to act like a professional military so so bad that he. When he did so, he included all the fucking annoying little things that come with professional military, except without the pay or the um the training as well. Like he would expect fucking a lot of um discipline shit and drills, I, I and drill as like like parade drill as well from us that people like some people had never done before because you know we have civilians here. Um, he would expect basic soldiering shit from as if we had all gone through the same basic training and, and advanced training, even from civilians. It was just it was just mind-boggling how he would he would expect these things of us, yet he wouldn't take the time to lay that foundation for everyone to be on the yeah. same standard. So there was constant hypocrisy all the time with him. And, and, and not to mention the cunt was a fucking, like, a drunk. He would go off base every single day, fucking get a pizza, get drunk. Like, it was just insane, like, the, the like how he would act. And then he would do that shit and then come back and then, then fucking get angry at us for something so small, so little. It was just like, like, who the fuck do you think you are? I can't, like, what the fuck? And it was probably worse before I got the second battalion, like some of the stories he would, um, like I got told from those dudes, just, just by his shit attitude and the way he treated everyone. It's just, it's just insane. Like I, I just, I just hate that shit so much. I fucking hate it. And when I got to the unit, I, you know, I, I developed an attitude towards the cunt quite, uh, quite quickly over time. And I eventually started calling him out on treating dudes like shit. <laughs> as well um fucking which i'm glad i did but um like it, it was oh, he, he just every time i think about him i just get fucking angry at how how much of a cunt he was <laughs> like yeah, fuck me is, man is he still around nah so there's a story as to why he is around so <clears throat> one night so uh Part of the unit deployed. Uh- right, recording again. I'll see record again. Uh, start recording. <sighs> All right, sweet. All right, sweet. Uh, just yeah, just for listeners, uh, we just had a bit of a blackout on his end which is no surprise at all being a (laughs) war-torn country. And, uh, yeah, he's been stood too, basically, as well. So, yeah, what a a life, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Luxury. (laughs) Now, mate, we're talking about your your favourite commander. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so the reason he's gone, um, he's not in country anymore. We've got some half booted, half told to leave. Um, so, uh, yeah, some of the boys are deployed up north um, and the rest of us are just on camp uh, on the weekend, just doing our own thing, training and shit. Um, and uh, this one weekend, uh, the bloke had gone out drinking with a few others and um, 
bloody uh, we're just chilling in the tent and then he then we hear all this commotion over at the command tent. I'm like, what the fuck is the fuck is going on? Fucking something something's up, something's something's awry. And uh we get the uh somebody heard for the grapevine that apparently some of the dudes up north are stranded in a dangerous area um and need a QRF. And we're like, okay, well, aren't there units close by? And like, apparently no, and apparently they want to be us. We were 12 hours away, 10 to 12 hours away, right? So we'd be the slowest QRF known the goddamn man, right? Yeah, yeah. Vehicles we had were civilian, fucking, they would break down all the time anyway. I'm surprised they even entertained the thought, right? I hear all the commotion. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And um, I'm like, haven't they, like, like, is it out? Like, are those guys preparing to go? I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, haven't you guys been drinking? They're like, oh, yeah, but like, you know, it's all right. I'm like, fuck me, here we go. Right. So they're starting to hand, this dude's starting to handle a, a loaded weapon, right, while under the influence. I'm like, fuck me, this is, this is going to go great. And I hear about what's going on and a group of us sort of just chill out in the balcony to the tent waiting for them to tell us what's going on. And we hear the British bloke start walking up, kitted up, weapon in hand, magazine on. Um, I can tell he's fucking drunk because I've seen what he's like when he's drunk. He's slurring words. He's, you know, he's, he doesn't have his balance. I'm like, fuck me. He's like, yep. So the boy, like, uh, quick, uh, quick orders, fucking, the boys up north are stranded in a really dangerous spot. Where QRF we're gonna go get in? I'm like, I'm like, what? Just, just you guys? Like, there was five of them. Um, like, yeah, yeah, and, and pretty much all four or five of them, and all of them had been drinking bar one. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, haven't you guys been drinking? And he's like, oh yeah, but it's it's twelve hours away. So he was pretty much implying they were gonna sober up by then. Um, and then I'm like don't you think it would be smarter to have, because I was, I was made a seco at this point. Um, I'm like, wouldn't it be smarter to have your NCOs here back at base who are, you know, capable and sober to do this? It's like, Oh mate, you'll be, you'll be all right, mate. Like just don't, just don't worry. And then I just, I just fucking lost my shit. I was, I was done. I was done with this cunt's antics, his attitude and his, and this is like the, the, the fucking straw that broke the camel's back. I was like, fuck this. So I just started unloading at him, calling him the shittest fucking cunt I've ever met. Like, how can he, how can he even be handling a loaded weapon with fucking, uh, well, like drunk as shit right now? And he's like, oh, if you're fucking, if you're so, like, if you're all talk, do you want to do it? Do you want to take my weapon and go? I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking take your weapon and I'll fucking go. So I fucking walked up the stairs into my, into the tent. Uh, and started getting my gear on, my gear ready. And he comes over to me. He's like, look, mate, fucking, hey, just don't worry about it. I'm, we're going to be fine. Oh, it's 12 hours away. We're going to have sobered up. I'm like, fuck you, you fucking sack of shit cunt. I just called him every name under the sun. Apparently, the boys yeah. are saying I called him shit cunt about like 50 times. <laughs> and he sort of, he looked at me and I sort of look in his eyes. I'm like, oh, here we go. And he's like, yeah, you want to fucking call me like a fucking... A bad leader or some shit. He throws his weapon on the bed, <laughs> charges up a swing, swings for me. It clips my jaw, but as he swings, he falls forward into me because the cunt can't hold his balance. And um, he falls into me, and I just grab him into a headlock. I'm like, you fucking sad piece of shit. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck? And um, 
Uh, and then, like, I'm just holding a man and the boys come and grab him off me and shit. And at one point, it's like, if you were ever an NCO, you fucking know. I'm like, I'm, I'm like mate, oh, I fucking was for three years in the army. Like, what? I, I fucking told you this. Like, what the fuck? Like, he, he I, I don't know who the, he doesn't even know who the fuck he has employed under him, like, and what their yeah. backgrounds are. I'm like, I told you I was a fucking, a section commander for fucking, uh, like, at least two and a half years in rifle company. And then um, the full track in like single turn, like, like what? Like, I'm like, this is like, what the fuck? And a lot of dudes saw this and heard about it and were just like, yeah, we're all fucking done. Um, and uh, Ryan, by that point, had, uh, I think it was by that point, had um, announced his breaking contract and everyone who wants to can come with him. So a lot of us were already on the fence anyway. I mean, that was just like the final piece of the puzzle to be like, yeah, fuck this shit. And, um, this British bloke, um, I think the morning or two after, he was like silent as fuck. He just was, you know, he's clearly embarrassed by what he had done. Um, oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself. So I actually did go um, onto that QRF. We took the car. Um, the bloke still came. Um, he wanted to constantly stop off for cigarettes on the way there. Yep, good good job being QRF, mate. Um, <laughs> we got to... Uh, Lviv, the major city, we grabbed another vehicle. We got 40 minutes outside of Lviv and the car broke down. Um, this whole time, these dudes that needed QRF were actually fine. Their car, they had not broken down in a dangerous area. They had other units close by. They ended up getting the cars fixed and driving back to Kiev. And uh, this, this British bloke hadn't communicated, r- really communicated any of his intent like, to go fucking rescue these dudes they didn't even ask him to do it he just saw hey we're broken down and he was just like holy shit they need help so i and ryan was a part of that car that broke down i'm like hey do you know like we're coming to get you he's like what like what the fuck are you talking about so like that whole was it was fucking a shit show man after that um that british bloke sort of he he let like he took like um like a, a month leave with pay but he ended up just not coming back after that. Um, this dude, he was like so institutionalized by the military. He spent like 20 something years in the, in the British military or some shit. And he did like, um, he did contracting and uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, the, the work on the ships and the shipping lanes, um, maritime security. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. He did that as well. But like, he just spent his whole, like a lot of his life doing military shit and, Eki has a family back home. It's like, man, just just go home and be a dad. Like, just you shouldn't be here. Like at the start of the war, he he did a lot of good work, like training Ukrainians and shit. But since then, like, I don't know what happened, but he just it it just grew out of like grew out of this place, and he's he just he just shouldn't have been there. He was so hell bent on being a professional military force when mm. the reality is we just we just aren't that and you have to accept that and and mold and adapt to it you have to learn that you know yelling at dudes is not like full dumb shit like you can get away with the military is not going to work here it's just not people like i've told i told them multiple times if you treat them like shit they'll just leave like time yeah. and time again we're professional we are not a professional military we're a volunteer you have to treat them differently you have to 
you have to make sense with what you do and what you say. You can't get away with the nonsense that the normal military can get away with. You just can't. Ex- exactly. You, you, you piss the wrong person shit. off, they'll fucking shoot you. <laughs> that too, yeah. I mean, you, they fucking, the, the, uh, the process to get through is isn't exactly some major psych evaluation or whatever they do in the military. Like for, for us, it's just like, hey, you want to join? Okay, sweet, quick medical check and you're like, are you crazy? No. Okay, sweet, you're in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck, that's wild. That's absolutely wild. So from there, mate, again, that was uh, – so again, mate, w- when do you get to get get out on your first, uh, first fucking gig? So um, so after Ryan announced his breaking contract, he's like, hey, I'm sorting out another unit for all of us who want to come to go to um, – and we're like, okay, sweet. Um, that took about a week or two, I think, I think two weeks in total. Um, we then ended up coming, uh, getting uh, organized to come with the 59th Motorized Brigade um, within attached to their recon company. And their recon company like answers directly to the, to the brigade, right? They don't have the, we pretty much skipped the battalion level. We're just like the recon. Um, so he lines that up. We eventually get to where we are now. Uh, like introduction to the place we're at, where we are. And uh, fucking, we then pretty much sign contracts and then align ourselves with the reconnaissance company of the 59th Motorized Brigade. Um, we're like, so we're chosen company. We're essentially the assault element for the reconnaissance company, although the reconnaissance company do it, do that as well. They're like they're, all the recce that's done is like done with drones and shit like that. Like yeah, like the, they don't recce lines that have already been here for a long time. They know where everything's at. Drones do the job. Um, give drones give them the information that they need. So going out and doing like traditional reconnaissance isn't um, done here. So the dudes are used as assault. Same with us. Um, so we get here, and I think two weeks after we get here, that's when we do our first op. That video that you know of is my second operation. The first one mm-hmm. was done. Uh, my first one was providing, we were providing flank security for a Ukrainian assault on a Russian position um, as well. Uh, that assault, the Ukrainians weren't successful. Um, we got shells a fuck ton. Um, and then pulled out, and then yeah, the second op. That's where that uh, that viral video. That that's my second uh, operation in the Humvees. First in the Humvees, but second operation overall. And that's when I. That's when we begin. And this is when I start getting the experience and actually doing the shit that I was longing to do for like the seven years I was in the army. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Bit bit different though. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit, little bit different, a little bit different to the uh, general training that we've I've done. Yeah, you know, fighting a conventional army as well. Yeah, it feels know? like like a pretty level playing field, I suppose, right now like, uh, with this war. Yeah, fuck. Just in regards to that, obviously that viral video, mate. Uh, run, run us through this. What's what's going on here? Obviously, you guys are charging towards a trench, and you're just fucking. Yeah, so there were three positions sort of in a triangle total, right? There's like three three tree lines 
uh, there was a intersection, a change intersection of tree lines in the center was a, a, a clearance, a big gap. Um, but on each beginning of each tree line uh, towards the center was a you know Russian position, and we had a uh, we had us going into one, we had another group of foreigners going into the other, and I think a group of Ukrainians going into the third, right? And initially um, we were going to storm the side or the front, but realized that the better way to probably do it is go around from the side and hit them from the back because they don't have firing positions and they most likely don't have any mines there as well. Because out the, out the front, we later found out that they had mines and shit there uh, also. So we gear up. In our, in, in our uh, tactic, as, as all the videos have seen, is to come in on the Humvee, pull up right at the trench, we dismount and then infill into the trench and start clearing it before we get into the trenches like we plan we map it out we get the drone footage we see we plan our routes where we're going to go um loe's fucking no fire zones if we have like more than one entry point as well um so for that for that particular trench so that particular trench itself so as we were pulling up in the humvees the russians actually fucked off and ran back towards um, one of their next positions. So the trench itself was empty. Of course, we didn't know it at the time, but it, it, we didn't meet any resistance in the trench. There was a few dead bodies. There's like two dead bodies in there from, I think, um, Yuki's hitting with suicide drones um, earlier that day or the day before. But we, um, we make entry into that trench, um, clear it out, and we held it until the TDF arrived to relieve us, and then we exhale out. Um, uh, during that time in the trench, like we took a lot of mortars, um, suicide drones as well. Like we took about three or four suicide drones, but none of them exploded. You would hear them come in, spot into the ground and nothing happened. Thankfully, um, mortars, we took, uh, two casualties from that, uh, from mortars. That was, it? yeah, one from mortars, one from uh, a bad grenade, unfortunately. Um, uh, but they're only very, very light wounds as well. I mean, they, they, they healed up and continued fighting um, later down the track anyway. But yeah, uh, that, that one was my first like real full on kinetic, uh, kinetic op. And it was fucking, I was never been more scared in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, the first time, like, holy fuck, man. Absolutely wild. Now, fuck. And how long ago was this? Uh, this was in uh, June. In June, so uh, you know, up until now, you know, how many times you've been out to do jobs? Um, fuck. Uh, hey. Let's see. Uh, no more. Probably no more than ten. Yeah, right. And how how kinetic are these? Um, fuck. Like it's. It's 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 fucking it's fucking hectic every time we do it. <laughs> really, <laughs> like um, I think probably about a month ago we attacked this um, yeah we attacked this L-shaped trench on a you know along a tree line. The tree line did a bend, um, and we had the three Humvees as well, and we have the Humvees with the fifty cals on them. So we're sitting in the Humvee and then in the boot of the Humvee as well too, um, and our we pull up to the trench in our middle Humvee hits an AT mine and the fucking, um, that thing gets busted. All the dudes in there are good. They get it. Like, uh, 
my Humvee at the rear, we dismount, we get into an extended line. The Humvee at the front, they dismount, they assault their end of the trench, I assault mine. And the dudes in the middle Humvee just get out and then come through um, my entry point and we just continue firing and clear the trench. Um, a few meters into the trench, I was, I was second man in. The first man didn't have his weapon up and I was there over his shoulder. A Russian popped up, uh, popped from around the corner. I see him and I fucking, me and my mate blast the shit out of him. He fucking... He, he, we hit him like fucking 10 times. He fucking, uh, darts back around the corner and then collapses a few meters, um, into it. Um, there's a, on the other end of the trench, the other team is dealing with a PKM gunner. The PKM, the Russian PKM are going to actually slots one of our dudes through the neck, but he survives. We treat him and he survives that. There's four Russians and then two end up actually getting away, um, somehow we didn't even know that those other two were there um and then like we clear we clear the whole trench system um we we bring the wounded we drag them through the trench into the bunker in the center of the trench um and then we're essentially uh we're waiting for the we wait like four or five hours for the, the tdf to come and relieve us and we're just taking constant this is constant drones and artillery coming in um but uh, with this assault as well, the Ukrainians joined us. There were, there was the L-shaped trench, and then a hundred meters behind that, or along that, that we actually passed in the Humvees was a the Russian like a fighting position trench. It was like a, a, a Y-shaped, right? And the Ukrainians were meant to hit that. We were meant to stop drop at the L-shape, and then the Ukrainians were meant to stop right at that other trench as well. But they actually get dropped off like two hundred meters back. So on the drone footage, you can see us dismounting and assaulting the trench while the Ukrainians are 200 metres away running <laughs> up to the trench they're meant to be assaulting. And so we're taking fire from that trench, uh, other trench, um, a lot of the time as well. And part of the orders, uh, part of the orders that, um, that, I, uh, that we're given for the trench were once we get into the trench, we have rear security watching that other trench in case they want to run over to us and lo and behold they did when we got into that trench and the ukrainians started fighting them in the other trench like five of them ran over to us thinking that we were russians still and one of the russians actually runs to our sniper thinking he was russian realizes oh shit he's not and then runs back the other way that's i don't think it was you may have seen the video we like uh, it's uploaded on the yeah, internet. Yeah, they, yeah. they dubbed it yeah. to Taylor Swift. Um, that was that was that trench assault. Um, and they run out back into the field and fucking um, they're just stuck between a rock and a hard place and can do nothing but fight. So fucking they all die, those fucking Russians. Um, so there's five in five between the trenches and two in the trench, so fucking seven dead total. We have one injured, a few lightly injured from the Humvee exploding, but like they're, they're still, they can still fight. Um, but one like prior one, um, I guess you'd call it. And yeah, we, we, like he's dragged into the center. The medics work their magic. They save him. Um, they exfil, uh, they, uh, Kazavak him. And then we withdraw, withdrew, uh, once dark had hit. Um, so that was like, that was a fun, that was a fun assault, that one. Um, doing that, yeah. 
Fucking Jesus, mate. Now, just quickly, mate, just just a question. Like, what, what are you finding in these trenches, you know, especially on these dead dead Russian uh, soldiers? Are they, you know, do they look... Do they look competent? You know, what are they carrying? Or is there anything weird so these, in these trenches that they're fucking eating? Or so these dudes that we in, on that assault particularly were DPR, I believe, Donetsk People's Republic, um, and they've been since been um, amalgamated into the Russian like military as well. So they're officially Russian uh, military. Um, fucking some of the equipment. So they've just got, you know, PKMs, AKs, um, whatnot, just that basic stuff. Some of their plate carriers are okay. One of them, a few of them are rocking high-cut helmets, but they're like Chinese-made ones, I believe, or like like straight from China and shit um, that I think they buy with their own money. Um, I found in that trench assault, I found two thermal optics, um, or one handheld, one with a rail mount to go on a weapon, uh, Picatinny rail. They were American ones as well, so either they got captured from Ukrainians or uh, they were um, maybe bought at some point. Um, there was a set of NVGs in the trench, like old, shitty, like Russian PVS-7 type looking ones. Um, and then the rest, the rest is usually like, you know, just a lot of rubbish, a lot of fucking... A lot of fucking, uh, a lot of explosives like grenades, um, RPGs, um, nothing, nothing that I that really stands out as odd. I guess um, the trenches smell like fucking shit though, like like actual human shit. I think they're so afraid to leave their bunkers that they they just they just shit where they sleep because <laughs> really, they're just getting constantly hounded by drones and then blinding air from shit. So, fucking Jesus. So they're, they're living in these trenches pretty much. Yeah, they live in there and I think they get, I think they rotate like every three days or something. It dep- depends on the intensity of the area. But I think generally it's every fucking three days they'll, they'll swap out and do a hotel with um, more like other, other Russians. Fucking Jesus, mate. This is wild. Now, any any time over the last, you know, hopefully your mum's not listening, but any times over the last, you know, few months, that you, it was just like, fuck, that was fucking, that was spicy. That was close. Um, oh, uh, yeah, so, um, oh, God, fucking, um, uh, a few weeks ago, the Russians mounted a major assault push in our area and we had to, we got stood to as QRF to respond to it. And um, we got tasked with trying to take back this trench right outside this village. And our infills are usually always during the night because drones, like drones either won't, like suicide drones won't operate at night. Um, thermal drones will, there's a chance they'll have a grenade on them, but it's it's not as likely during the day. It's just constant barrages of fucking drones and shit. But during yeah, it's mostly during the night. But but because we, we had to respond so rapidly, we had to go through during the day. And we walked down into this village straight through the main road, which all these Russians are down a few just a few hundred meters away. Um, we get shot at just before we make our right turn into one of the buildings, um, and then from there we gather, and then we are. We had to take one of these trenches because the Russians are dropping dudes off in BMPs one or 200 meters from the trench. And if, if they're not running back the way they came when they dismount, they're running to the trench. 
because they were they were just getting dropped off and be like, fuck this, we're running back. But the ones who mm. went forward were pushing into the positions and we got tasked to taking them, like retaking them. So we pushed up into the first Ukrainian trench. Um, the moment we step out of the building, there's a suicide, there's suicide drones, there's fucking uh, AGS um, mortars landing, like, like, and we have to cross this short, like, 50-meter, 100-meter gap in the open to get there. And we only have Russians, like, 100 or so meters away from us that we um, are concealed, but they can't see us either. Um, we get to this position, um, and we're like, okay, sweet, we fucking... We know the direction of the trench. We have to go. <laughs> we get hit by a mortar that lands really, really close. It hits. I'm laying in the entrance of the trench, like laying down. One of the dudes is standing up slightly to get comms. The others are in uh, like in the trench and overhead protection. A mortar hits really close. Um, it injures the dude standing up and mortally wounds one of the guys in the trench. I don't, we don't know how he got injured because um, he was in undercover and the one standing up took light wounds to the face, but he was okay. I guess it's just one of the mysteries of shrapnel. It's like I've had, I've had many mortars laying close to me and then not do anything. And then you have instances like this where mm. um, you can be seemingly safe and then, you know, uh, get wounded. Um, we, take a couple of casualties in that out of our small team of like eight, I think it is. And we're like, fuck, okay, we have to fall back. And we fall, we, we start running, making the mad dash back to, um, the building. We get there, the two of us get there and we're like, fuck, where's everyone else? And they're stuck at the corner of the tree line with the wounded. Um, three of them come back and there's two left out. There's still also oh, two plus the wounded. One of them comes back, so it's just one plus the wounded. Um, then a group of us go all the way back to the tree line through the open ground. We bring the wounded back. One we're about, like, I say 30 meters away from the building. A mortar man hits the building. We keep moving forward. Another one lands beside it. I tell everyone to disperse. And then a mortar lands about five or ten, no less than five, no more than ten meters away from us. I just say, fuck it, just go to the building, go, go, go. Um, the wounded has already, he was already dead by this point. Um, we push to uh, the building and then after a couple of minutes, we go get him and bring him in. Uh, we then evac him to the evac point. Um, the whole team goes, I stay with the next team that got dropped off. The second day, um, we wait there all night. Second day comes. The Russians are making another push. We, this team, uh, the new team I'm with, we get tasked to head to a building to draw tank fire um, or draw fire from the, the vehicles um, so that the, they can focus on us and not the Ukrainians in the trench. And we get to this building and we're there for hours and hours just copying tank round after tank round. Um there's suicide drones flying overhead. Uh, the tanks can clearly see us because every time I pop my walk walk to a, a position to check it out, like two minutes later, I'm fucking copping around in that position as well. So I had a couple of close calls with that one too. Uh, and so did some of the other boys in that house also. Um, so we're waiting there for hours and hours. Um, we eventually 
make our way back to the evac point. We go forward to a position, grab a Russian POW, bring him back, and then we leave. And a few hours after coming back, another team goes out to then uh, occupy a trench to then fight off a fucking um, Russian armor and Russian dismounts coming at them from the fields and they do that for that third day um and then uh and then fucking after that they they come back and since then we've just been on like qrf waiting really um waiting to go back out again but that was probably one of the most insane like insane few days for the company since uh we've been we've been here I think, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell, mate. It's absolutely fucking wild. Absolutely <laughs> wild. Mate, so you just spoke about a, a Russian POW, mate. Um, mm. what, what what happens with these guys? Do they get uh, processed and taken back? Yeah, like they'll um, we'll bring them back. They get questioned by the Ukrainians and then they get taken back to another point where they're further questioned um, and then they'll be taken like to fucking, I guess, the prison or whatever. But, yeah, they get, like, uh, some short questioning in the field, then for more extensive questioning, and then um, then ferried off to the next, like, processing point or, or whatever um, it is. Is that a regular regular thing, POWs? Um, that's the first time I've seen it. In total, there were four POWs, but that's, like, the first time I've seen it. But that's just, like, um, but that's just because I think um, given the, given like the the whole nature of the attack and whatnot, I'm not surprised there were um, there were POWs that they took because there were so many Russians that they threw at these positions. Like there was bound to be a few that just gave up um, fighting, I guess, or like, um, or just, you know, got beaten to a point where they surrendered. In a couple of these jobs, mate, you know, when we're talking casualties, both sides, mm. and, you know, you know, We've, I've seen some, obviously a lot of us have seen some videos on the internet and dead bodies everywhere. And is it like it is in these videos? Like, uh, just, what do you, just what do you mean exactly? Just, just, just oh. carnage everywhere. So obviously after you take it, taking trenches and stuff, there's just fucking just mm. carnage everywhere. Yeah. Like the, like these, like the trenches we take are being like battered by IDF um, and suicide drones a lot. So they're like blown to shit. <laughs> Um, that other assault I mentioned, the PKM gunner, the, the Russian PKM gunner that died had a missing foot, a missing hand. Um, like fucking uh, one of our other assaults, apparently there was a leg somewhere, and then like fifty meters away there is his other leg or some shit. Like, like it's 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 not. I haven't seen it as crazy as I have some videos. But, you know, it, it just, like, it's all, it just depends on, like, it's all anecdotal. It's, like, all based on your experience. Like, I'll probably see that soon enough one day. But I've seen, like, plenty of dead bodies out here. But it's, it doesn't um, really strike me as, like, holy fuck sort of thing, I guess. Mm. Yeah, right. Mate, um, all right. Well, just a couple of couple of quick ones on, on Ukraine, mate. Um mm. What's happening right now? Now, as we know, the Israeli Hamas, the Palestinian war is uh, pretty much uh, for the media around the world has taken priority. Uh, 
and everyone's yeah. kind of forgotten it, forgotten about the Ukrainian-Russian uh, war, mate. What's what's happening? We, I, I did hear uh, just about a week ago that's when the Russians were went on a massive offensive. Mm, so basically, that's that's been what's happening since then. It's the, the Russians have been trying to make take a major push. They apparently want the whole of Donetsk Oblast by December. Um, whether it happens or not, I don't know. The, Rus- the Ukrainians have been holding them at bay. Um, I saw a report somewhere that during this offensive, the Russians have lost more vehicles than they have since their, the war began. So they've been fucking throwing, they've just been throwing shit at the Ukrainians. And I've seen like some of the tactics these Russians are using. They're going down these single roads. They're not spaced out. They're stopping and they're just getting hit by artillery and just rockets and suicide drones constantly. Like they just keep doing it over and over and over again. They keep losing these vehicles. Um, and they're just throwing waves and waves of Russians at these positions and trying to overwhelm them with sheer numbers, really. Um, it's, mm. I think the Russians are slowly, slowly taking ground, but at a massive cost of vehicles and manpower. Like they're fucking just wasting dudes. And what's what's your and thoughts? Um, you know, the future future thoughts of what's happening is this is this going to keep going on for a couple more years, or is it like the the war in general? Just yeah, the I guess the war like what's the um, atmospherics on the ground? I don't I don't know because I Ukraine like Zelensky obviously doesn't want to he wants to take back all of. Ukraine's land, like Crimea, Donetsk, like Luhansk, all, all those, all those sort of areas that were taken since, like you know, twenty fourteen. He wants all of them back, and like you know, Russia's you know tried to you know say, hey, we want peace talks, but like you know, they they want peace talks and they want to also keep the land that they've already taken. It's like no, Ukraine wants their land back. Um, I think I think this war will probably end similar to how the Korean War ended, there's just going to be a, uh, you know, a continuous stalemate with, a, with both sides at technically still at a state of war and probably not much or um, nothing happening. Probably probably a lot like how it was from 2014 to the start of the war. Mm. Or like like one, once it all calmed down, the lines solidified. I think the war will probably end like that. Um, or I guess like the major hostilities will end like that. That's what I think anyway and it'll that will probably you know continue for a very long time but all this active fighting i don't know it's it'd be interesting to see what comes into the next year um with it all yeah especially with uh obviously the u.s uh, presidential elections next year as well which oh uh, yeah Who, who's who's running for that oh fuck nice Trump. Yeah, fuck, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't keep up with that shit. Yeah, but, you know, that always influences what happens uh, fuck around the world, you know, since, I guess, yeah, fuck, since Biden's been in power, a lot's changed. Yeah, old Sleepy Joe. <laughs> oh, he's old Sleepy Joe. <laughs> yeah, fuck, mate. This, is, uh, this has been absolutely wild. Um, fuck, I was going to ask another question. I've I've just got so much run through my fucking head. I I get excited. Now, uh, (laughs) recruiting, like, uh, are they still recruiting or is this, is it over or, you know, they, 
what's what's the go? What like like my company? Yeah, or just in general, yeah. Uh yeah, the Le- Legion is still taking dues. Um, chosen company um is still um open to open to recruits and stuff. Um, I can't do any recruiting because uh, that's uh legal for Australians to do. Um, but fucking uh yeah, like chosen company will preferably take you know people of military backgrounds, just so it's it's less it's less um of the basics you have to train. You can focus more on the you know, technical side of things and like the specifics and what because we don't do like you know like all that you know patrolling like harbor drills mm. and all that shit we like you, you don't do jobs. that like well, we don't do that here it's just fucking we, we already know the objective we know our routes we just plan on like plan on like how we're going to do it specifically and it's like you know very very it's it's definitely not as extensive as you know planning a whole fucking patrol route you want like sub two or some shit um and like all these fucking all these different things it's it's a lot more i guess simplified in that sense um because it's a, a very you know it's a more uh, basic basic task to do like you just have the assault that you're doing like the info you walk into this position which is three friendly lines you get to the last last friendly friendly spot and then you go from there so it's, it's all like sort of very controlled in that sense already so it's not much mm. you have to really um account for yeah, 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 right. Um, for whatever reason, there is some young fucking diggy out there that's uh, a little bit bored with his job and uh, wanted to head over. Like, what are they? How do they get onto this uh, legion? Is all online or is it or Telegram? Yeah, it's it's um it's mainly mainly all done online. Um, look, I think there's uh, there's a website for it somewhere. I think I can't uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head though. Um, but it's it's all like done online now. Like pe- people still do come into country and uh, and like just rock up and say, "Hey, I want to go to this unit or something." And like it's usually um, it's usually this go from there. Yeah, they make it happen because they need the, need the yeah. dudes. Yeah, they fucking they, they'll welcome they'll welcome really um, a lot of people um, into the country to help fight. Yeah, fuck Jesus. Uh, are you making are you making money from this? Is, it, is there money now? Like, are you oh, yeah. Some I'm, I'm, I'm like, compensation, yep. I'm, I'm employed. So we're all employed um, by the Ukrainian military. Like, it's all le- le- legitimate employment. Um, we all, it's like fucking month about, I think, like that. Yeah. How much did you say, sorry? 5000 Australian a month, about that, I think. Oh, so it's not fucking bad money. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I guess it's, 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 but it's not like I have much to spend it on over here anyway. Um, yeah. So, like, you just save a lot of it up. Like, you're just usually, usually buying um, buying a lot of gear um, and whatnot to replace stuff that you've, like, I've, I've lost. Like, like during one of my, one of our assaults fucking a few months ago, um, we pulled out at night. We had to withdraw because the uh, Russians were just fucking throttling us, and um, we had a uh, we had we got to the evac point. We had one dead who was still forward, and they came over the comms and said, "Hey, um, we need a few dudes to come forward to help grab help grab fucking one of the dead." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go light. I'll drop my belt, drop my backpack. Um, I dropped my night vision as well. I don't know why. Um, but we went. A group of us went forward." And then when we came back with the body, where I had laid all my gear down was gone. 
so I lost like a, a belt, like a, a, a Ferro Concept Spison belt. I lost grenade pouches, magazine pouches, dump pouch, a rangefinder, night vision. Um, oh, fuck. Fucking probably a, a, a med, like med pouch, like a few things, man. And I was fucking, I was fucking, I was livid. I, I, I really liked some of the stuff because like the belt and a few pouches I used in the, when I was in the Australian army as well. So, and, and my shovel, my, my issued shovel that I brought over with me, I fucking lost that oh, as well. Oh, your ET. Yeah, my fucking ET, man. And that thing had a piece of shrapnel from that Humvee, that, that, that viral video op. It had a piece of shrapnel through it. I was going to keep that oh, for no. life, and now it's fucking gone. <laughs> oh, no. oh, man. I get made fun of every day for losing my shovel. I'm a digger with a shovel, for fuck's sake. Like, fuck me. <laughs> All right. Well, fuck, I don't want to take up too much of your time because you got to get some rest in, mate. But uh, this has been absolutely fucking hectic just to – you know, from digger to fucking foreign fighter. Are you, are you allowed? Are you allowed back in Australia? So uh, yes, I am. Fucking, I've I've spoken to other dudes who have come here, fought, and gone home. Um, they get questioned at the border, and your phone will probably get confiscated. Um, but you are allowed back in um, to Australia. Um, the only thing I know of that's like illegal that will get you like proper arrested um, is like actively recruiting people. So I, 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 I stay away from, you know, like doing that because I'd like to come back to Australia. I'd like to re-enlist into the army one day, but I know it's like security clearance wise, it's going to be a fuck fight. But if there is a process to do it, I would like to eventually come back one day because I think the army should use people with this knowledge in their ranks um, to help. Fucking trench, trench warfare, mate. Like it's in all this new technology, it said drones, suicide drones. Oh, fucking, who would have thought about suicide drones fucking 20 years ago? No case. Oh, mate. It's, uh, fuck it. I fucking hate drones. It's, if one thing that's going to give me PTSD, it's going to be those fucking drones. <laughs> fuck. Like oh, that, that, yeah. last major, that last major op we had when I was sitting in the trench, a suicide drone was coming right at me. Um, it was coming, it was coming, it was coming. And when they when the drones get low enough, um, they break signal with the um, operator. So they have to sort of yeah. have it already pointed at the target. And fucking, for whatever reason, the, the drone started veering off when it lost uh, when it lost comms. So it, it veered off to the, to my left and hit the ground like ten meters away. But that thing was fucking huge, man. It was that payload. I'd be fucking pink mist if that thing had got me. Like I had nowhere to go as well. I was just stuck in that spot. Fucking hell. There's nothing you can do, really. <laughs> is it just just pray that the fucking no. signal cuts out? Yeah, like I could have fucking um, I could have shot at it. Um, as well, and like we have shot drone, down drones before, um, but it just happens so fast, and mm. and I could when it I could see it coming for me, but I could also see that it wasn't coming like directly at me. So I sort of sort of paused and like I just watched it, and I just watched it go past me and fucking um get off to the side of the trench somewhere. Really, fuck, mate. <laughs> Oh, absolutely wild, mate. Absolutely fucking wild. Now, um, mate, just to, yeah. Um, I was going to say, before I go, is it all if I um, just plug something? My mates started um, a website which helped support me to get me funds to replace, like, this lost equipment that I've got. 
Uh, yep. Is it all right if I um, – Yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of final questions as well, but yeah, plug it. What, okay. what do you got? Um, so my mates uh, made up a website called isupportdave.myshopify.com. Uh, um, he's made up these stickers that um, people can buy uh, and all the proceeds go to help me, you know, gaining some of my lost gear and also uh, replacing um, damaged stuff, which, which does – it happened a, a lot more than I thought it would. Um, it, like, yeah, uh, a few people have already um, bought some stickers. And it's, it's just fucking helped a fuck ton. And if like, a, if anyone wants to help buy um, and support me um, over here, like that, honestly, I'd be forever grateful. Um, yeah, just just thought I'd throw yeah. that in there. So try and get yeah, some perfect, support, support. Yeah, mate. Send send me the links and stuff, and I'll, I'll tag it all. In. Yeah. All right. I'll thank you. Mate, uh, just to, as I said, just to tie off the podcast, mate, a uh, couple of final questions. First question, just to, you know, what advice can you give to people just to keep on keeping on complete any goal they set their mind to and just to crush it in life, mate. Again, for you, digger, third battalion, no deployments, thought, fuck it, let's go to Ukraine. Like, it's, it's, it's a wild fucking, wild fucking journey, that's for sure. So one thing I had to get out of the mindset of was, um, yeah, the things you want to do aren't going to really be done for you um, with the army. You know, you join the army and then once you join the army, they sort of take care of you in a sense. Like you'll go where they tell you to deploy and, and whatnot. Uh, once Ukraine kicked off, it it wasn't the army I was relying on. It was it was myself. I had to take that initiative and, and you know, get off my ass and actually, actually um, – set in motion uh the things i uh things i had to do in order to get to where i want um it may it may feel like it's very far away or may feel like you won't get there but and it's going to be probably a lot of the parts between where you are now where you want to get to is going to be rough first physically and probably mentally um but you've just you've just got to sort of stick it out and, and keep keep that destination in mind and just realize that nobody's going to do it for you you've got to you've got to and you have to you have to be reliant on yourself and have the ability to bounce back from anywhere from minor inconveniences to to you know um you know war stoppers i guess and just keep persevering on because it's it's when you're when you're make doing getting into that journey until you get there it's it's going to be a lot of it's just going to be you with yourself and you just have to keep going forward yeah um, exactly yeah. mate that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, fuck, mate. That's see, it's it's some basic stuff you learn in the military as well. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just the 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 initiative of yourself, and so yeah. Sometimes you just have to say fuck it and take it into your own hands, and just and just like book that flight or book that bus or fucking whatever, and just just go. You're gonna be you're gonna be scared probably doing it, but like I was terrified on the plane out of Australia. I was like. I was fucking shitting myself. I'm like, fuck, I'm, have I made the right choice? And then I landed. I'm like, okay, it's just just one step at a time. It's going to be all right. Yeah, fuck, mate. Um, mate, second question, what is the plans for the future? As you spoke about before, maybe come back to Australia, join the army again. Uh, how long do you reckon you'll, you're going to be in the Ukraine for? So I'll stick um, with Chosen Company um, until the war, the war is done. I want to stay here and fight um, until it's over. Um, I will I will take leave um, and go visit home um, at some points. 
Um, but I, I plan to actively fight um, and participate until um, until the war he's done. Sort of, I didn't come here just to to seek a small bit of combat and then and then go. I came to to you know do do grunt shit and do the stuff I wanted to do my entire military career. I didn't come just to fucking see it once and fuck off. So I want to stay. I want to fucking uh, fight it. Uh, you know, see it out. Um, and then when the war's done to then hopefully come back to Australia and then, you know, um, re-enlist after a bit of time if, if I can, if they let me. Yeah, fuck. If, if they let you, yeah, fuck. You yeah. have some uh, valuable experience, that's for sure. That's, yeah, that's why I'm hoping. I hope they see, see the opportunity and, and take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mate, uh, third question now, outside of everything, outside of all this, outside of being a military guy, just – Mate, tell us something that uh, people don't know about you. You know, like guilty obsession. What are you? What are you doing over there? You got like a fucking pouch for chocolates or? Oh fuck! You're on, you're on, um, you're on, you're on lob- lobster tube every night. <laughs> um, oh fuck! What a, what is it? So I don't know, but I fucking every night. Okay, every night I'm probably just chilling my chilling my bunker. And I just probably you know, play video games for a few hours. You wouldn't think people would be doing that in the active war zone, but if I can chill out and play video games for a couple of hours, and I'll fucking do it every night. Like, I think that's probably the last thing people will probably think of what the fuck I'm doing in my spare time or some shit. But just, honestly, I just fucking when I have downtime, I'm just laying down playing video games. <laughs> what What are you playing? Call of Duty. Uh, fuck it. Uh, Armored Core Six, Starfield, uh, Titanfall Two, uh, Halo. Yeah, you just got a couple of shooters and shit. Yeah, right. Fuck, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Is that is that yeah, online yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, it's online. Fucking um, my little handheld <laughs> things like it's just like a mini computer, bro. Like it's fucking yeah, just runs yeah. off Windows Eleven. It's just got joysticks and it's like a controller but in the middle is it's like a fucking a screen which i'm looking at you now on this is fucking it's yeah it's mini computer <laughs> yeah right that's fucking sick that's sick mates um two final questions favorite movie tv show what are you watching over there oh fuck i've been watching the fuck out of better call saul that shit is mint. Oh, i fucking is love that show oh fuck yeah. man i love yeah. that show um favorite movie um I've been getting into those uh, those old like what like eighties or like uh, bank like uh, heist movies like fucking Heat yeah. and shit. Like Heat, I've been getting into yeah. those a lot lately, man. They're <laughs> awesome, bro. I fucking love them. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck. Maybe Australia won't let you back in. <laughs> <laughs> shit. I think you did, Robert Bank. <laughs> Mate, uh, music, obviously, music's always been a big part of most military guys, you know, especially, mm-hmm. like, your, you know, your viral video had a bit of a, a, a play over on it, so, yeah, mate, uh, what are you listening to? Um, I listen to, like, a lot of, um, like, funk stuff, I've been listening to a bit of, like, rap, I've been listening to Hilton Puts a bit lately as well, but, like, a lot of my playlists just uh, consists of, like... Ukrainian funk and like other you know, funky type beats and shit, but there's a few like there's a few rap and rock songs and metal songs mixed in there as well. Yeah, right. 
Oh, nice, man. Ukrainian nice, music mate. actually goes pretty good, too. Ukrainian oh, music is, is actually pretty fire, man. They got, yeah, they got nice. some bangers, bro. They got some bangers. Yeah, they got some banging chicks, too, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miller Kunis. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh, mate. Mate, um, quick one, like, Creature comforts like food and stuff. Like, are you getting anything mm. decent, or what is he's on rations or fucking cookhouse? Uh, we have um sh- Ukrainian chefs that cook food for us here, but we've got um mates from back home. Like, I've got uh Vegemite, Marmite, and Promite that I've got. I'm asking for Milo as well. Um, like you get like you, we can go to like the shops and stuff and, and buy like anything we need to. So we're not like fucking on these like hardcore rations and shit. We we do. The food here, I like the food here. It's good. It, it's it's definitely um, more than enough. Um, plus, like the other food we can buy too. Um, and like, a, I guess, like video games is one of the, the I guess one of the normalities from back home that I've brought with me to help me sort of you know relax as well, um, which helps a lot. Yeah, nice mate. Nice. Any uh, last one? Any other Aussies there? Oh, uh, yeah, mate, we're, they're coming in droves, mate. They've seen the video and they, I think they're just like asking where the, f- how the fuck do I get there? <laughs> but we've yeah, got right. like, uh, fucking like, it's like five, we've got five others. I think we've got Kiwis as well, um, too. We've, we've got so many nationalities, man. Yeah, mate, uh, for whatever reason, someone wants to get in contact with you, I guess there's probably no way of doing it. Uh, reach out to me, I suppose, and I can pass on any messages just because obviously, yeah. I guess, OPSEC and – Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, you or Willie as well, but uh, Willie will probably yeah. be a bit busy for the foreseeable future. But yeah, when he's back, yeah, yeah through through Willie, because Will, Willie's um, done that as well. People have asked, um, and then they've um, put me in contact through him as well, so – yeah, either either Willie or yourself. Um, yeah. yeah, awesome, mate. Yeah, no, awesome. Yeah, fucking Willie, mate. He's a fucking he's a wild dog, isn't he? Yeah, he's fucking he's... all over the place, <laughs> mate. I reckon, I reckon if there was a war on the moon, he'd be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking have a feeling he'd be right, <laughs> mate. Uh, again, really appreciate you coming on. Give me your time. I know you haven't got much time, and fuck, time I guess could be limited. Which fuck, hopefully not. But uh, yeah, mate, yeah. yeah, fuck, you fuck. You've had some close calls already, so it's absolutely wild, mate. Oh, mate, um, it's fucking. I don't know how I'm alive after time. Yeah, it, it's, it's fuck. I'm, I'm lost for words. It's just fucking wild, mate. You know, speaking to someone that's currently involved in you know conventional warfare, that's just fucking next level. And it, again, yeah, it's technology fuck. as well. That's just fucking changed the game. And made it even harder. Oh man, grunts on the ground. Fuck, man! Like, whenever you're in a battle space, you're looking down for mines, you're looking forward for the enemy, and you're looking up for fucking drones. It's just never. It is so fucking exhausting. Drones have ruined the fun of war. I tell you that. Fuck me. They fucking ruined yeah. shit for everyone. That's fucking. They'd be all Chinese fucking drones too. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's fucking. Yeah. Container loads of them made up just fucking just for that. Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, again, mate. Appreciate you and fuck yeah. Let me know when you get back to Australia and fuck. I'll have to have a brew. Yeah, man. Fucking nice. Um, fucking happy to jump back on the podcast with you um, at a later stage. I'm fucking still kicking yeah. as well. If you want to chat again, man. <laughs> yeah, mate. Hundred fucking percent, mate. Yeah, especially yeah. Well, hopefully the war's over soon. 
Yeah, um, not, not, not likely, but yeah. <laughs> we can we can dream. We can dream. Mates again, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Yeah, fucking nice, man. Cheers, bro. Wait, wait, wait. Now, quickly, just before you go, I want to tell you about Three Zeros Coffee. Now, as you know, I like my coffee how I like my men, long and black. <laughs> However, lately, I've moved into the cold brews. I'm loving it, obviously, because the weather here in Australia at the moment is quite hot. So what I've been doing is using the seasoned campaigner pour-over filter bags, literally rip open the packet, put the filter bag over my coffee mug, few ice cubes, pour in some hot water, let it cool down, add a sugar or two just to make it sweet, and I fucking love them. Honestly, you get the kick that you need out of the caffeine, and the taste is great. So if you want to get yourself a supply of coffee, head over to 30scoffee.com.au. From there, you can choose whatever you want. You've got the beans, you've got the pour-over filter bags, got some merchandise, and just to let you know that a percentage of their sales is – forwarded to organizations that support first responders. So while you're getting your coffee, you're doing a good deed by getting some of this money to the first responders and where it needs to go. While you're there, don't forget to use the discount code 3ZLIMITS. Now look in our bio, you see that discount code, use it, get your discounts. So again, jump onto 30scoffee.com.au and grab yourself a supply.